This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Here in a couple weeks, uh, I've been tasked with going over the uh, topic on in our in our series that really happened, going over the topic of the apostles. And uh, in order to trim some time off that sermon, I'm going to take advantage of having the opportunity to speak tonight and just give you a little introduction to the apostles. I'm not going to go into any uh, evidence beyond the scriptures tonight. We're going to stick to the scriptures. And uh, I'm not going to have a, a lot of scriptures up here, but I'll reference a lot of scriptures. So I'll try to state those uh, as long as I remember to do so, so you can get them down in your notes. Uh, if it, for any of these uh, sermons that we've given, we're glad to supply you with the notes, uh, supply you with the PowerPoint. So if you want any of these, uh, please get with us and, and we'll make sure that you had it. But tonight I'm just going to give you a little introduction to the apostles. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 13, And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. And so Jesus called his disciples, that's his followers, the followers of Jesus. He called them unto him at that time, just as his ministry starting. And it says, from them he chose, or he named 12 of them, apostles. The word apostle is just a, an appointed messenger. He's appointed with some authority to be a messenger of, of the word that Jesus had. And so he originally picks 12. Now we'll talk about more than 12 tonight. There were a few more than 12 named. Uh, but he at this time in the early part of his ministry, he named 12. And here's the lists of those 12. And we're not going to turn and read all those lists for the sake of time. But there are four times the complete list is referenced in scriptures. Once in Matthew, once in Mark, once in Luke, and then again in the book of Acts. John never references the list in its entirety, but he talks about different uh, members of this group called the Apostles. But this is the group as they appear in the order they're referenced in these different scriptures. And then this list lines them up based on who they are. And so you can see those lists line up. There's a couple different names that I want to point out so that you'll notice them. Uh, but... Peter is called Simon Peter, so he's called Simon sometimes, he's called Peter sometimes. Uh, Andrew's always referred to as Andrew. We've got James and John, the sons of Zebedee. We've got Philip and Bartholomew, who are all, also often mentioned in tandem, and so probably had some kind of familiar, uh, familial relationship uh, going on, but we're not told that. We don't know that for sure. Uh, then you've got Thomas and Matthew James, the son of Alphaeus, and then Labius Thaddeus, or he's called Thaddeus sometimes, and then sometimes he's just called Judas, the brother of James. Some translations, to complicate that even more, call him Judas, the son of James. And so there's some reasoning for that Greek word and the, the different uh, renderings of that Greek word, but... Uh, I believe he was Judas, the brother of James. Now, which James was he the brother of? I think if he was the brother of this James, they would have just called him Judas, the son of Alphaeus, and they did not do that. So there was some reason to call him something different. Some people think he was Judas, the brother of Jesus, 
the bro- who also was the brother of James, but we're not told that uh, either. So there's some confusion in, in just who exactly some of these people are in other places of the scriptures. Then we've got Simon the Canaanite, who's also called Simon Zelotes by Luke. Uh, And then we've got, of course, Judas Iscariot. And then in the book of Acts, we read of the replacement for Judas, which was Matthias. So that's that's the 12. That's the original 12 plus Matthias making the 13th. They were with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry. Uh, They witnessed his resurrection. They had the complete picture. All of these men had the complete picture of Jesus, of who he was, of what he taught. And all those important things that was going to be really, really important to their ministry down the line that we're going to get into when we study about more evidence about them. We're going to put up some pictures of these guys tonight. Like Sean said when he showed some pictures, I'm sure that's what they really looked like. You know, the reality is we don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what Peter looked like. I just don't know, but I'm going to put a picture of him up here tonight, and I'll tell you why. I want you to realize that these men, all 12 or 13 or 14 of them that we'll talk about, were men. They were flesh and they were blood. Just like you, they had jobs. Just like you, they struggled with sin at times. Just like you, they rose to the occasion and served Jesus at times to the very best of their potential. They were just like you and I. And they were charged with a message just like you and I are charged with. They had the same message we have. They had seen it, they had witnessed it, and we have it written down for us because of these men. But they're just like us. They're not superhuman. They weren't given superhuman abilities. Now, in some cases, they were given the ability to perform miracles that that we would look and view as superhuman. But mentally, in their capacity to serve Jesus, they're just like us. Just like us. And they went to great lengths to serve our Lord. These pictures are from the early 4th century. This is Paul. I like his pointy beard. I don't know if he wore his beard like that. But to put this in perspective, these pictures are about as far away from the apostles as George Washington is from us. And so that kind of gives you some perspective. We think we know what old George looked like. Well, these folks may have thought they knew what these guys looked like. I don't know. And it's hard to tell, but these are the earliest renderings we have of, of these four individuals. Now I'll put more modern pictures up there for you to look at based on actors and, and people that have portrayed these men in, in movies and in television, but I just want you to know why the pictures are there. Remember when you see the picture, it's probably not what he looked like, but he was definitely a man. And he definitely subject to, to passions like you are, to sin like you are, to, to the everyday challenges of life. They got sick. They, they prayed for one another. They fought through difficulty, uh, sometimes incredibly harsh difficulty, to serve the Lord. I'm going to go in a little different order than the scriptures do as well. I'm going to start with Judas Iscariot and, and then kind of go through some of the lesser known apostles and, and then bring it back to some of the more well known. What do we know about Judas Iscariot? Well, it's pretty obvious, I guess. You all haven't have an image in your mind or a thought in your mind when I mention the name Judas Iscariot, and it's probably not good. 
But uh, we know that he was born somewhere in Judea. We don't know exactly where. It's never told uh, to us. We don't know the occupation, although we know he was entrusted with the treasury, so he probably had some inclination towards money or finance. That was probably his background in some regard. Uh, His characteristics. We don't know a lot about his characteristics other than the Bible tells us he was a greedy man in John chapter 12. Verses 4 through 6, he's told, uh, he, he says, uh, we should have sold this ointment and give it to the poor. And, and the writer chooses to interject there. He didn't care about the poor. He didn't say that because he cared for the poor. He said it because he was a thief and he had the bag and he wanted the money. He was greedy. And so we know he had that characteristic in his heart. We know he betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. And so we know that about him. Obviously, Judas didn't write any of the books of the Bible, and even a best moment is not recorded for us in the Scriptures. Although, I guess you could make the case when he was chosen and when he followed Jesus, that would have been the very pinnacle of, of his life or his best moment in life, but we're really not told anything about that. And then his worst moment, obviously, the betrayal of Jesus and then his ultimate uh, refusal to repent from that and, and just wallow in that and, and eventually lead to, to his death by suicide in the year 30 A.D. or thereabouts. And so those are the things we know about Judas. Uh, interesting fact, there's only two of the apostles that their death is recorded in Scripture. The rest of the time when you see this uh, line at the bottom that talks about their death, I'm going to have taken that from a couple sources. One is a man named Eusebius. He wrote a history of the church from Christ to Constantine, and he finished that work uh, in the uh, early 4th century, late 3rd century, early 4th century. And so he was a relatively early writer in that regard. He talks about the death of some of the apostles. And then a man named John Fox from Fox's Book of Martyrs you may have heard of, written much later, 1516, I believe was the published date of that, uh, but he, he was a historian, and he cited his sources pretty well. Some people really praise his work. Some people, as they are of all historians, are critical of his work. But evidently, he uh, did a good job of preserving that. And so when, when you see that, that's going to be one of the only things tonight that's taken from a source outside of the Scriptures. For Judas, we don't have to do that. His death is recorded for us, and it talks about that... Uh, Uh, in a couple different places. One place says uh, in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 5 that uh, he went out and hanged himself. And then in Acts chapter 1, it says that falling headlong, he burst asunder and his bowels gushed out. So very graphic and terrible nature of how he died. And some have said that's a conflict. But when you read what headlong means, he evidently found a cliff or rock of some kind and he fell headlong off of that and when he had hung there maybe sometime his bowels did gush out and so it was not a pretty death and uh, he's known definitely as the betrayer his replacement was a man named Matthias and we don't know very much at all about Matthias Matthias we read about in the book of Acts he was appointed to be the replacement Uh, We also know that he was born somewhere in Judea, but we do not know uh, the exact location. We don't know really anything about him as far as occupation or characteristics, but we know that the lot fell on him. And the, the other apostles prayed to God, and they said, God, thou that knowest the hearts, 
tell us which one of these men need to be uh, appointed with us in this apostleship. And the lot fell on Matthias. So he was evidently a moral man, a good man. He was a man that had been with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry, though he's not mentioned anywhere in scriptures. One of the things that they uh, looked at that was important was that somebody had been with them from the beginning of the ministry. And so he certainly had been with Jesus, witnessed Jesus, knew all about Jesus, witnessed his re- uh, resurrection. Uh, and we don't know anything other than that about Matthias. It's just not anything else recorded. Now, outside of the scriptures, it's recorded that he died somewhere around the year 80 AD from crucifixion. But even that's not really well documented. So we just don't know much about Matthias. But he was certainly an apostle. He was numbered with the other 11 and uh, made an apostle. James, the son of Alphaeus, another one that we don't know much about. Now, there's all these Jameses in the Bible. James was evidently a very popular name in that, uh, in that time. So there's a lot of them, and it's easy to get them all confused. And some people think this James was the brother of Jesus. But evidently, he was not the brother of Jesus because we're told he was the son of Alphaeus. Now, they want to say, well, he could have been a cousin or something like that. Maybe he was, I don't know, but we're, I'm going to go with what we're told in the scriptures. We're told he was James, he was the son of Alphaeus. Other than that, in those uh, four lists, he's not mentioned in scripture. We don't know anything else about James. Uh, you're going to see this uh, when I talk about their worst moment. That's the worst moment for a lot of them. And when we're talking about that, we're looking at Matthew 26 and verse 56. It says, then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Every one of them, every last one of them forsook him and fled when he was taken captive. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how bad you feel like maybe you've messed up in your life sometimes. These guys are the 12. The 12. And you know what they did? They tucked and run when they saw him come get Jesus. But you didn't know what changed in their life. They saw the resurrected Jesus. And when they saw the resurrected Jesus, they wasn't going to tuck and run anymore. They were going to fight. They were not fight physically, but they were going to give it 100%. They were going to give all they had for the Lord. And so, yeah, that's their worst moment. It'd be our worst moment too. And I mentioned their worst moment so that we can look. And a lot of them, you're going to see their worst moment happens just a few verses later. Their best moment happens. Because it clicks and they understand. Judas wasn't like that. He didn't, he didn't let the bad moment shock him into reality and repent and turn around. Most of these guys did. They let that bad moment shake them into reality and then they realized, let's follow the Lord. Don't know much about James. All right, Simon Zelotes, or Simon the Canaanite as he's called in other places. He was born somewhere in Galilee. Uh, I say he was possibly a politician. Why do we say that? Well, the Zealots were a political group or a political faction. And they were a group of Jews that were very uh, intent on uh, um, mutiny against the Romans. They did not like the Romans. In fact, they hated them. They would take the opportunity to kill a Roman if they, if they thought they could get away with it. They were very serious against them. Uh, interesting how Simon and Matthew might have got along Uh, Because Matthew had pledged allegiance to the Romans in his tax collection duties. Simon would not have liked that at all. Would not have liked that at all. And so Jesus brought together two people from very, very different backgrounds in that regard. Uh, 
but he could have been a politician or possibly just a follower uh, as, far as, that's, as far as that goes. Uh, obviously, we don't have any books of the Bible written by him. There's no uh, best moment mentioned for him. He's mentioned in these uh, lists and, and not mentioned in any other places in the Bible. His death, uh, according to Fox, was, uh, occurred in Persia in 65 A.D., and it's not recorded for us how exactly he died, but he did die a martyr's death. And so he was killed for his belief in Jesus. <clears throat> Thaddeus or Labius uh, or Labius Thaddeus, Judas, he had lots of names. This guy did. Uh, so uh, he uh, probably wrote the book of Jude. Uh, the reason I say that is because that book opens up just like Luke lists him. Luke said he was Judas, the brother of James. And uh, in Jude 1 and verse 1, it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. I can think of no other reason he would make that distinction other than to point out that he was one of the 12 apostles and was the author of that book. And so while we don't know a whole lot about him, we can see from, from that uh, epistle that he wrote, uh, his thought process, it looks very similar to Second Peter in a lot of regards, but, but he talks about some very, very serious things. And in one of the verses, verse 17, I believe it is, it's interesting that he says, remember what the apostle said. Remember the words of the apostles. He thought it was important that we would look back and remember these words that the apostles said. And I certainly think that it is today. Other than that, like I said, we don't know much about him. His death is uh, said to have occurred in Edessa in 72 AD by crucifixion. And so you start to see many of these men suffered terrible deaths just like Jesus suffered. And they suffered those deaths... Uh, Mainly because of what they were teaching, what they were saying. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along. All right, Philip. Uh, we do know a little bit more about Philip from the scriptures. Philip uh, was evidently born in Bethsaida, or Bethsaida uh, Galilee. It's mentioned that in John 1 and verse 44. It says, Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. For a long time, people didn't think this place existed, but archaeology has revealed uh, that it did indeed exist, and they've uncovered that city. Uh, when we talk about his occupation, we don't know what that was. Why do we say he was a trustworthy individual? Well, we're told about an instance uh, in the book of John chapter 1 and verse 45 where he runs and tells his friend Nathaniel about Jesus. And his friend goes and checks it out. And so I think that shows that he was a trustworthy individual. That Nathaniel believed him. Wanted to go see what he saw. And wanted to understand what he was talking about. No books of the Bible written. His best moment. His declaration that Jesus was the one that Moses wrote about. And we can read that in John 1 and verse 45. He said, We found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. That's what he told Nathaniel. He said, we found him. We found him. Now, that's a pretty good moment right from the get-go for him to make that declaration. However, he follows that up later on with the worst moment when he uh, asked Jesus to show them the Father. In John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, Philip saith unto him, 
Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. He said, that'd just be good enough. If you'd just show us the Father, we'd be happy. We'd, we'd be satisfied. And Jesus said, how long have I been with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? He said, you don't need to ask me that. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so that was a, probably a low moment in the life of Philip. His death occurred in Heliopolis in 54 AD by crucifixion. Uh, it's written that he preached while he was on the cross, that he continued to preach. And I think that's a pretty powerful statement about Philip. Bartholomew, again I mentioned Philip and Bartholomew are often mentioned together. Maybe they were related in some way, maybe they were just really good friends. But at any rate, we have recorded for us Bartholomew, also called in the book of John, Nathaniel. And so this is the same person. Again, a lot of these guys had two names. We have two names. That's not a rarity, that's not something uh, that, that should shock us, but it gets us confused, doesn't it? So we know that he was from Cana, Galilee. Uh, it's mentioned uh, about that early on in, uh, in the scripture when he's, when he's called. Uh, we know that uh, he was evidently an honest man and a moral man because Jesus said, uh, an Israelite in whom is no guile, when he saw him coming, Jesus made that proclamation, in him is no guile. His best moment when he says, Rabbi, you're the son of God. And, and at first, uh, this, hap this worst moment happened just moments before that. Philip said, we found him. And he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He stereotyped everybody from Nazareth. He said, they're just a bunch of scum, I guess was what he thought. But he followed that up by uh, when, he, when he saw Jesus, he said, you are the son of God. Early on in Jesus' ministry, early on, he's making that proclamation. And he also died by crucifixion in Armenia in the year 69 A.D. or thereabouts. Andrew, we know quite a bit about Andrew. Andrew was uh, born in Bethsaida, Galilee as well from John 1 and verse 44. We know that he was a fisherman. Uh, we see that in Mark chapter 1 and verse number 16. We see his characteristics in being compassionate and humble and courageous. And we get that really from an understanding that he was already a disciple of John the Baptist. Andrew was following John the Baptist already when he was introduced to Jesus. And it was John the Baptist that pointed Jesus out to Andrew. And Andrew immediately went and followed him and started asking him questions and, and sought him out. And so we know that he was a humble uh, individual and uh, compassionate because those were the teachings that John was teaching. Uh, we also know he was courageous because it was not a popular thing among the leaders of that time uh, for somebody to be following John. And so he had those qualities about him. We don't have any books of the Bible written by Andrew, uh, but we do know that he was the first apostle to follow Jesus. He was the first one. And we know that he recruited his brother Peter and what a great recruitment that was because we know a great deal about Peter and the leader that Peter became. But if it was not for Andrew, there would be no Peter. We would not read about Peter in the scriptures because Andrew went and got him. And we have that recorded for us in John the first chapter verses 40 to 41. Also, uh, his worst moment would be uh, there in Matthew uh, 26, 56 when everyone forsook him and fled. 
Andrew died on an X-shaped cross in Patras in 60 A.D. Thomas, uh, we know Thomas and a couple characteristics about Thomas, obviously from, from his doubtfulness of Jesus, but he was born somewhere in Galilee. We say he was probably a fisherman because when Peter said, uh, after the death of Jesus, I'm going fishing, uh, Thomas went with him, and they, they weren't novices at that. He knew how to do that. He knew how to, to uh, accomplish that task, and he went with Peter. Uh, but we're not told specifically that he was a fisherman. We say brave and skeptical. We say brave because uh, in John chapter 11 and verse 16, uh, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. So early on, Thomas is ready to go with Jesus to the death. He's ready to follow him to the death. Uh, so he was evidently a brave man. We also know he was a twin because the word Didymus means twin. The word Thomas means twin. So he was the twin called the twin, which I find very interesting. We find that he was a skeptical man in a couple different places. Obviously, he doubted the resurrection of Jesus somewhat. But even back in John chapter 14 and verse 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? He was skeptical. And he always had that, that skeptic kind of attitude until he was obviously shown the prints of the nails in the hands of Christ. His best moment confessing the deity of Jesus. His worst moment would have been when he doubted, but minutes later came that best moment, didn't it? He said, I won't believe unless I can put my hands into his, uh, put my finger into the, the prints of the nail in his hands and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. And so that's, pretty, that's a pretty low moment, isn't it? But you know, when he did that, he said, my Lord and my God. So he was one of the first to recognize the deity of Christ, my Lord and my God. He was speared to death in 70 AD or 72 AD in India he went a long ways preaching the word this doubter went a long ways preaching the word and he stood on a hill and was run through with spears for his dedication Matthew the tax collector also called Levi in the scriptures he was born in uh, Capernaum uh, we read that in Mark chapter 2 uh, in verse number 1, or he was working in Capernaum in a tax booth when he was called out. Uh, he was a tax collector. Uh, his characteristics being endurance and hospitality. I say endurance because of the ridicule he had to take from everybody. You read the scriptures and you read the word publican and you see that even Jesus used the word publican in a negative way. When he would talk about the publicans... He was not talking about good folks. He was talking about people that were, were not well-liked, were not looked highly upon. But uh, Matthew endured that, and we never read about him uh, getting angry or his temper flaring in any way, shape, or form. He was hospitable. He got Jesus in his house early on. His house was kind of used as a hub, evidently, when they were there in that city. And not only did he have Jesus and the apostles in there, he had all kind of other sinners and publicans, his co-workers. He invited them in to hear the word of God. So he was a very hospitable individual. 
His best moment would have had to be leaving a life of luxury to follow Jesus. He was a rich man. Tax collectors made a lot of money. He had a, a great living set out before him. And he walked away from it in order to follow Jesus. And then he hosted the meal for Jesus and was very hospitable. Uh, his worst moment also would have been fleeing there at the end. And then uh, he was killed in Ethiopia in 60 A.D., uh, slain with a, a halberd, which is a battle axe on one end, a spear on the other end. So he was chopped up, most likely. Another terrible, terrible death uh, for one of the apostles. James, the son of Zebedee, uh, considered by some to be one of the closest people to Jesus. He became a great leader in the early church. Uh, he was also from Capernaum, uh, a fisherman. He was a very loyal individual, but very easily angered as well, and maybe why he earned the name one of the sons of thunder. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 54, it says, When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elias did? They'd walked into a city, and Jesus was rejected in that city. And they said, Lord, you want us to just rain down fire on them right now? You know, that shows a couple things. Obviously, they were easily angered, but they loved the Lord. They were loyal to him. They didn't want to see anybody reject him. And they were willing to go to great lengths to make sure people didn't, even if their uh, attitude was misplaced in that regard. Some people think that James, this James wrote the book of James, but that's just not true because he was killed much too early to have written that book. He didn't have the opportunity to do so. His death is recorded for us in the scriptures. Uh, and so we know uh, when he died. His worst moment would have been asking if he and John could sit on the left hand and the right hand uh, of Jesus. That's recorded for us in Mark chapter 10 and verse 35. Uh, his best moments... He was present at the transfiguration. He was chosen as one of those three individuals that got to witness that. And then Paul called him a pillar of the early church. He was just a great leader in the early church and a pillar and uh, helped the church to become established. Acts chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. He was beheaded by Herod Agrippa. And, and became one of the first ones to be killed for the church. Obviously, we know a great deal about Peter. Peter uh, obviously was a wonderful leader in the church. He was born in the city of Bethsaida. Uh, John 1 and verse 44, he was a fisherman, recorded in Mark chapter 1 and verse number 16. Uh, we say that he was a strong-willed individual. Uh, John chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, he said, Jesus, don't wash my feet. <laughs> don't wash my feet. And then when Jesus said, I'm going to wash your feet, you need me to wash your feet, he said, well, then wash all of me. He just was very opinionated and strong-willed, uh, which led to some impulsive decisions. He chopped off the ear of Malchus when, when they came to get Jesus. Uh, so he had some of them impulsive and, and uh, yet courageous type characteristics about him as well. Also, he was very decisive. It was Peter that stood up on the day of Pentecost and began to preach. When he saw the people start to murmur and talk, he said, These men are not drunk as you suppose. And he launched right into the first gospel sermon because he had a decisive attitude and he was a great leader. Several books of the Bible written by Peter, and I wanted to call this one to your attention. Um, likely the gospel of Mark can be attributed to Peter, and there's a lot of reasons for that. There, 
There are just things in, in that book that appear to be written from Peter's point of view. And so this has led many to believe that Mark was the scribe for Peter. Peter, by his own admission, was not an educated person. Um, maybe didn't know how to read or write. Probably didn't know how to read or write. And so Mark took on the scribing duties for him. And he recounted that uh, to, to Mark and Mark wrote it down. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in a study uh, later on. Also, First and Second Peter obviously attributed him, and many believe that Mark was the scribe for those uh, epistles as well. His best moments, confessing Jesus, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, he walked on water. He preached the first gospel sermon. He preached the first sermon of the Gentiles. Peter had a lot of great moments. He was a wonderful leader in the church. He also had a lot of worse moments. We have a lot of those recorded for us. But denying Jesus, losing faith on the water, cutting off the ear of Malchus were just a few. And, and so we relate to Peter in a lot of ways. But all these men are men that we can relate to. We just have more recorded about Peter that we can talk about. But this, this is, could be said about all these men. He died in Rome in 64 AD by crucifixion. It's said that he requested to be crucified upside down on the cross because he didn't think he was worthy to suffer the same death as our Lord. John, the disciple that Jesus loved, uh, as he is, he is uh, said to be in the scriptures, uh, born most likely in Capernaum because he was working there with his father uh, and with his brother James. We see that in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 21. Uh, he shared the, the short-temperedness of his brother as he wanted to rain down that fire on those folks. Uh, he also was very devoted, and we can read about him just leaning on the, on the bosom of Jesus in John chapter 13 and verse number 23. His best moments, he stayed with Jesus when everybody else ran. Now, he may have ran at first because it says all the disciples forsook him, but it didn't take John long to be right back there. And he was at the foot of the cross. And Jesus looked down on John. He said, Behold thy mother. And John took the mother of Jesus in and he cared for her as she was his own mother. And so uh, he, he was also first to the empty tomb, maybe the fastest of the apostles, I guess. Because the Bible tells us uh, in John chapter 20 and verse number 4 that Peter was running back to the tomb and John outran him back to the tomb. So he passed him, and he was the first one in the tomb and saw that it was empty. And that had to be a wonderful moment. Uh, we already talked about the worst moment he shared with his brother James. Uh, John lived to be an old man. He lived to 100 A.D., and he died of old age. And, and Jesus, at one point, prophesies of the death of Peter when, Peter, when Jesus says, Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And, and he tells Peter that someday... Uh, right now, you can go where you want to go, but someday they'll lead you up. And, and John records that, that he said that to signify the kind of death Peter would die. Well, Peter says, what about this man? And he points at John. And Jesus said, if he lives until I come again, what is that to you? Well, some people thought John would live forever because of that. But he didn't live forever, but he did outlive all the apostles. And he's the only one that didn't suffer a martyr's death, most likely, and you know what? He saw the book of Revelation, and he saw the coming judgment that Jesus foretold about in that book. And so maybe that's what Jesus meant when he made that statement. 
couple of bonus uh, individuals I want to talk about real briefly. These weren't members of the twelve, but they were apostles. Paul calls James the brother of Jesus an apostle. In Galatians 1 and verse 19, he said, Other of the apostles saw I none save James the Lord's brother. And so he, he recognized that he was an apostle. He did come uh, to be a great leader in the church, although he was skeptical of Jesus to begin with. Uh, he was called James the Just. He was evidently a very moral man. Uh, he most likely wrote the book of James uh, or possibly wrote the book of James. Uh, his best moments, he was a leader in the early church at the Jerusalem Council. He stood up and beckoned with a hand and made, a, made an important statement there about what kind of message they were going to take to the Gentiles. He died in 62 AD. He was pushed off the temple and stoned. And we have that recorded for Josephus records that very event uh, about James. And then, of course, there's Paul. And Paul was a great leader in the church. He's got the biggest box here, you'll notice, because he wrote most of the New Testament that we have. Those epistles were letters that he wrote, and we uh, take a great deal of information from the writings of Paul and the importance uh, that he brings to that. Early in his life, he was into politics. He was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. He studied in, the, in Jewish law, well-versed in Jewish law, uh, and was a, a Pharisee of Pharisees, he calls himself. Uh, later in his life, as he was a, an apostle, evangelist, a tent maker, when he needed to make some money, he made tents. Um, his best moments, obviously the missionary work that he carried out. I like the verse uh, in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 22 where he said, I'm all things to all men that by all means I might save some. That summarizes Paul. Summarizes his attitude, summarizes his life, and what we can learn from him. His worst moments came early in his life when he was a persecutor of the church. And he and Peter both died in Rome in a very similar time frame as Nero began his persecution of the church in about 65 A.D. Here's what I want you to get tonight. Two things. Number one, these people were flesh and blood. They, they went through the same, same kind of things that we go through, the same kind of temptations we went through. They were flesh and blood. Don't think you can't do it. They did it. They did it. And you can do it too. Don't doubt that for a minute. Don't, don't question that. Number two, something clicked in these men when they saw a resurrected Jesus. They ran when they came to take Jesus into custody. Every one of them ran. They were scared to death. They ran. And then nearly every one of them died because they believed that so much. They weren't making that up, folks. They didn't imagine that. They didn't make it up in a little lie, this little fib. They didn't make it up. They died for it. And if you make up a little fib about a resurrected Savior and somebody holds the axe to your head and says, I'm going to chop you up into little bitty pieces if you don't take that back. And you look them in the eye and you say, go right ahead. Because I saw the resurrected Jesus. They believed it. You can believe it too. You should believe it too. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.